Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner Fred Mooney. And I am so excited about being here with you. Yeah, we're going to enjoy this ride today with our friends and family out there on that old Lonesome Road. We got some great music on our program today. And we have personal testimonies. And maybe just a little bit of preaching. All right, and thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up. Relax. And hold on tight, because here we go. Church on the Road, right here on your favorite radio station. up I'm driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's the lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day I gotta see I gotta look around I got diesel smoke rolling From two crumb stacks My address is 408-414 A big blue Mac Now it don't matter where I'm going I just gotta drive I have the white line fever to the day that I die I said hey This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry, and the road is our life. And hey, Fred, I've been on the road. I've been down to Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Eureka Springs, Arkansas? Yes, sir. That's where the passion play is. Arkansas, that's the only states in the Bible. Really? 
Yeah. Noah said uh, he looked out to Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) That's about as funny as... uh... Yeah, I know, a rubber crutch. (laughs) (laughs) I told that to Ann Davenport, and she didn't even laugh. She didn't get it. Well, she's from Texas. Oh, that's probably why. (laughs) (laughs) She's just a a transplant up there at the Passion Play, but that's where we was at down there at the Passion Play with Jim and Ann Davenport, and we've done a great uh, little service there at the Church in the Grove. And I met a great couple down there, TJ and uh, Helena Witherall. And, man, I, I tell you, these people are some great people, and we want to introduce them to our listening audience. I invited them to come up and be a part of one of our radio programs. So we're going to find out all about uh, their ministry. TJ is going to share his testimony, and we're going to find out all about their ministry. And they got a ministry called, uh, what's that ministry? You Campers, Campers on, on Mission. Mission. Campers on Mission. Uh I'll tell you what, we've got a great CD for you to take with you when you leave here. It's called The Motor Home Story. (laughs) Every camper ought to hear this story, hadn't they, Fred? That's one of my favorite stories. Yeah, it's a great story and great. It's just a great CD. Dr. David Gibbs, you ever heard of him? I have, actually. Okay, yeah. he's one that tells the motorhome story, and you, you'll you'll really enjoy it, and you'll want to take some of these and share them with all your uh, campers on mission. Hey, speaking of testimony, TJ, you said that you had an interesting testimony. I'd like to hear how you met Jesus Christ. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, uh, the Lord has done so much in my life that uh, I'm just so grateful to just be here today and just to be used by him. And so, yeah, my, uh, my stories starts, uh, you know, early on, I was, uh, my mom had me and she was 14 and ran away with the carnival and was really uh, in a, in a dysfunctional home. And, and a lot of people said that, you know, you really should not have this child, this, this is not a good idea because you're not going to be able to take care of this child. That you know, her dad was a drug addict, her mom was an alcoholic, and it was just not going to be a good place to bring a child into the world. And she chose life, so praise God for that. And uh, later down the road, she uh, was invited to a Bible study and gave her life to Christ. And then I was at the church all the time after that. Every time the doors were open, I was there. And uh, so I learned a lot about the Lord, but I hadn't had him in my heart. Um, I just had a lot of head knowledge of, you know, Jesus, but I didn't really know what it means to really have a real relationship with him until I was about 15. Yeah, you was 18 inches from salvation. That's right, from your head to your heart. (laughs) Yep, yep, exactly right. So when I was about 15 years old, I went on a, a trip with my youth group. The um, guy was actually preacher that weekend was talking about that very thing about really knowing Jesus, not just knowing about him, but really knowing him. And and so I went forward, gave my life to Jesus, and uh, surrendered my life. And then I I had this sense that God was calling me to be a pastor to to be in ministry. And so I uh, pursued that call and. Uh, really just went all in at it at a young age at 15 years old and uh, started these Bible studies in my school um, where 
kids were giving their lives to Christ, and it was just awesome, uh, you know, just to see all these students doing that. We had some battles with the principal and the school and all that with being able to separate church and state, and, you know, and because I was a student, uh, I was able to win those battles because I was allowed to have those Bible studies. So God did some amazing things through that, but uh, I kind of uh, wanted to pursue this dream of being a pastor, and so I was asking all the questions of how do I do this, how do I do that? Well, uh, I was told I need to go to college, I need to get a degree in ministry, and so I did, and and I also at the same time married young, married at 18 years old, and had my first uh, child, I think around that soon after that I got married there and then going to school at the same time it was pretty difficult if you can imagine that right really? yeah so I pursued that dream and um, became a pastor had many opportunities at different churches to start we start I started my first church in West Branch Michigan um, I was a campus pastor there and it was like a coffee house style church you know, I did really well as a pastor, but I was not a very good husband or a good father. And uh, and so I um, just focused on what I was really good at, unfortunately, and um, it just kind of built a lot of uh, resentment and issues in my marriage and at home with my wife. It caused a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, bitterness towards ministry for my my wife at the time. And so I just kept uh, pursuing, you know, what, what I did well and what I didn't do well, I did not pursue. And so then after uh, about seven years of this and getting uh, promoted, if you will, to different positions in the church, I took on a lead pastor position and my, my uh, situation got even more uh, stressful and more uh, I had more meetings and more things away from my family and was the per- perfect recipe for disaster and it eventually all fell apart and uh, I lost everything but the worst part about it is at the time I had so much pride and so much uh, you know my identity was in being a pastor that when I had lost that when that was taken away from me, even though I was losing my family, I was more upset that I lost the pastorate than my own family. And scripture says, if you can't manage your own family, you can't shepherd God, shepherds God's church, right? So, I mean, it, it was uh, a really hard lesson for me to, to go through and learn. Um, and, uh, that was a really dark time for me in my life. I, I felt like a failure. I felt like God did not uh, have anything in store for me for the future, definitely, because I had messed it all up. And uh, I came from a holiness background, and so that kind of reinforced things there that I didn't feel like I um, I would ever be able to come back. You know, like I had just just really screwed things up. And 
So I went through a couple of years of just like depression of uh, trying to figure out what to do now. Like I've been a pastor for seven years. That's what I went to college for. And now I'm like working these jobs, just random jobs that just were nothing to me. You know, like didn't I wasn't passionate about trimming trees or, you know, whatever the jobs were, you know. Right. And uh, I just felt like, you know, like, what am I going to do now? You know, and, and it was I wanted to end my life. There was times where I went through that. And then uh, Helena and I got together. And so you got a divorce in here. and Right. Yeah, okay. Yep. And so your family fell apart and you're divorced. And yep. you got how many kids? I got four boys. Four boys. Yep. And you're feeling suicidal and yeah, depressed yep. all the time. Yep. But then something else happened. Somebody else come into your life. Yeah. And this was uh, the lady you were married to now, Helena. I was just so broken. And so, you know, through all that, uh, she invited me to this church that I really didn't want to go to i didn't really want to be there you know because it just brings back all kinds of memories that i just did not want to deal with and so um it wasn't the message it wasn't anything in the whole service it was the song at the end that talked about you know when jesus in scripture says you know i'll leave the 99 to go after the one that's lost and I just thought, like, God was done with me. Like, I had just screwed up my whole life, and he just did not want me back. And that he could never use me again. I just See, thought... That's, that's an old, old lie from the devil. Yeah. When somebody falls, that's the first thing he tells you. You fell too much. You've done too much. You went too far. There's no hope for it. Right. And man cannot get out of the reach of a loving God. Right. That's right. Yeah. And... And when I heard that song, it was like just the Lord spoke to my heart through that song and just, you know, said I would do whatever it takes to get you back. And the thing about it is, is no matter how far you go from God, he's always one step back. And like he was right there to help me to to just, you know, just hug me and say, you know what, I'm just so glad that you're home, you know. And I remember calling one of my pastor colleagues after that after i spent it i was at the altar for probably two hours just crying on my face before god just thank you lord that you still want me you know and and then uh, i called one of my pastor friends and i told him what had happened and you know what he said to me he said tj i'm just so glad that you're home i'm just so glad that you're back he didn't talk about all the things that i had done wrong you know he just said, I'm just glad you're home. And now, that's a good friend and a mm-hmm. good Christian. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so since then, uh, God has just been redeeming and restoring my life. Uh, he has taken all the broken pieces and put them back together. And uh, it's been an amazing journey because now... You know, my identity isn't in what I do. It's who I am through Christ. You know, the Bible says that the, that I'm a new creation in Christ, that the old is gone and the new has come. And, and I know it's no longer I who lives, but him who lives in me. 
And it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I'm pastoring. It doesn't matter if I'm leading anything. What matters is, is that I am a follower of Jesus and I can be the father that I need to be to my boys. And um, that's what it's all about. Amen. Amen. No matter how far away from God you get, it's only one step back. Yeah. Man, I like that. That's what a lot of people need to hear Mm -hmm. out there on the road. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about this uh, Campers for... Campers on Mission. Campers on Mission. So how did you get involved with this Campers on Mission? Yeah, so about three years ago, we felt led to sell everything we had and go on the road and just uh, do whatever the Lord leads us to do and have a simple life um, of not having all the responsibilities of having a house and, you know, taking care of all that stuff. And so we, we were praying about, you know, like, what, what else, what can we get involved with that, that we can do this kind of ministry on the road? And so we were doing just research and just looking around and there's other groups out there that do the same kind of thing. But we just reached out to campers on mission and just told them our story, what we were looking to do. And, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to have you guys a part of us and, and doing it. And the motto is, is sharing Christ as you go. So there's projects all across the country that you can stop at, that you can go to. And, you know, you while you're there, uh, they usually have a place for you to hook up to get, you know, for all the hookups for water and power and whatnot. And then you work while you're there. And then a lot of times they'll also give you meals, too, while you're there. And uh, you're just there to serve, and whatever skills and abilities you have, you're just doing it, camping as you go, and serving as you go, and and it's a great witness too for the for a lost world because most people are focused on their own things, their own selfish desires of building their own empire, if you will, and so uh, when they see us just focusing on other people. It's like, man, why do you do that? You know, and it gives you an opportunity to share. Well, Jesus did this for me; He laid down everything for me. And so, it's not about what we'd like to do; it's about what He wants to do in and through us. So, Amen. Yeah, yeah. Bringing the gospel to people right where they're at. Yep, I love it. That's that's what it's all about, ain't it? Bringing the gospel to people right where they're at, and yep. you're you're doing that through the campers on mission. But yeah, yeah. what a great ministry! What a great job you're doing out there, and uh, that's what you was doing in Eureka Springs when I met you and your wife Helena, and uh, we was having a service there, and she uh, sang a song for for us down there. And uh, what was the name of that song you sang down there, Helena? The Turn. The Turn. Oh, that was a really cool song. Did you write that song? I was going to, but yeah. somebody else beat me to it. <laughs> well, that was a good one. <laughs> you, that would have been a good one for you, right? Yes. Yeah. But you are a songwriter, right? Yes. Okay. So you've written several songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you're going to share... Uh, you're going to sing that song, The Turn, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. You're going to sing that for us, and then you're going to do a song that you wrote, right? Right. Okay. Well, all right. Well, which one do you want to do first? Which one do you want to hear first? Well, let's do The Turn. Okay. Uh, that's good. the one you done down at uh, Eureka Springs, and everybody loved that song down there. It's, 
and especially me, I really thought that was a great song. You talked a little bit about uh, when you introduced that song, you talked about the, the roads that you'd been on coming to Eureka Springs mm -hmm. and how twisty and turny yeah. the roads can be. And yeah. that's kind of what that song's all about, ain't it? Right, right. Yeah, so go ahead and introduce this song. Yeah, so the the song is called The Turn, and it's just about, you know, the, the road that we're on with Christ. When we first meet him, we make that decision, turn our life to the Lord, and, you know, it's filled with mountains and curves, but with him, he changes our life. And here's Helena Witherall with The Turn. should have gone right I chose a winding road that led me into the night warning signs flashed bridges out and then I heard a voice say stop turn around turn is where I first met Christ turn is where I saw the light and I left it all behind when I made the turn and it's there I was made new again that place where it all began and I'll never forget that day when I made the turn life's a ride with its mountains and curves and on this road of life we sow we reap and we hurt still today there is hope to be found and it's found in jesus christ child turn around the turn is where turn is where I saw the light and I left it all behind when I made the turn and it's there I was made new again that place where we all began and I'll never forget that day when I made the turn the turn is where I first met Christ the turn is where I saw the light And I left it all behind when I made the turn And it's there I was made new again That place where it all began And I'll never forget that day when I made the turn yeah, I'll never forget that day when I made the turn. Now, am I correct? You uh, you guys minister in churches too, right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we uh, we travel around to camps and churches and wherever uh, we can go, whoever will have us, and we share our, our story and testimony. I love to encourage pastors. Uh, to you know, with my story, it's mm -hmm. I want to help them to really focus on their families and you know, just make sure they're not putting the ministry above that. And 
you know, and help remind them of that difficulty. And so they don't make the same mistakes I made. And then, um, we serve along the way. Like when we went down to on our way here or through here, we were in Chicago before when we first left Michigan and we helped a church, uh, that couldn't afford to put up parking lot lights. They had the, they could get the lights, they could get all of that, but they didn't have the money for the labor to actually put them up. And it was like going to be like over $2,600. And they got several estimates. And so um, when I called him and told him that we could help with that, he was just like thrilled. You know, the pastor was just like, man, that would be amazing, you know. And he's like, we could give you guys a little donation for your ministry. And, you know, it would really help us. And so that's what we did. So we went there and we did some, we did a worship night with them, but we also put up those lights. And so we just do whatever the Lord leads us to do. And, and, um, God works it all out. And, you know, our, our only thing is we tell the Lord, we say, Lord, wherever you lead us, just please provide the fuel to get us there and back. That's all we ask for. And he, he's been faithful to always provide that. We, we don't necessarily always have more than that, but that's okay. Um, we're happy with just taking care of the fuel costs, and you know. And we we have an auto glass business that kind of funds what we do, and we're able to work remotely. And so, you know, we just want to be used by the Lord, and you know, that sort of thing. Well, what what kind of uh, auto glass business? What what kind of business you got? Um, so we, uh, we install windshields and yeah. anything related to auto glass. Um, and, uh, it's based out of Owasso, Michigan, okay. so over by Lansing. And, uh, we, we run that from the road. Helena answers all the calls and does the scheduling and, and then I, uh, kind of manage it from the road and yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you've got people up there that's taking care of, uh, the shop while you're gone mm-hmm. okay well that's awesome that's yep. great yep. so how how does people get a hold of you like if they need some work done at their church and and they would like for you to come and minister and how do how do people get a hold of you yeah so they can go on our website tj and helena ministries.com oh you got a website oh, yeah awesome yep. yep or uh they can call us uh my phone number is 989-627- Four two four four, and we'd be glad to to work them in. And there's also like different times of the year where we're in different areas. So, you know, um, we'd love to just any any opportunity that we have to be able to minister. We'd love the opportunity. So okay, yeah. so they can check your website for your scheduling, or yep. you're probably on uh, Facebook. Yep. Yeah. Well, yep. How do how do they follow you on Facebook? Our name is TJ and Helena Ministries on Facebook. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they can follow you there, and you probably got some of your songs on there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got your music on there. Mm-hmm. You got your music on your website. How can they order your CDs? Yeah, so you can find it. Well, you can find the song uh, anywhere you can get music. So Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, all those, all those techie streaming places. sites. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you... You haven't got your first CD out yet? Not yet. Okay. So they can order some of your songs mm-hmm. on all of them, Spotify and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So what's, what's your next song you're coming out with? 
You, you, I know you just recorded one down in Nashville. Yeah. And uh, so that one is called Everlasting. And this is the one you wrote. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us about that song. Well, I wrote it several years ago when I started sponsoring a child. He lives in Ethiopia, and. Uh, you know, I know that you actually, at the Passion Play, when we met you, you shared Psalm 40, and that is one of my favorite scriptures, because it talks about how the pit that the Lord took us out of, yeah. and uh, how he puts a new song in our mouth, and I have that in mind when I wrote this song. Um, it's written from the perspective of a child that comes to know the Lord and re- realizes that he cares about him, and uh, that the Lord does that for all of us. He sure so, does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Psalms chapter 40 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I've got a lot of them, but that's Mine one of too. my favorite. I've used it to uh, share my testimony a lot mm-hmm. of different times and a lot of different places. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what he's done for me out on the highway. And that's what he wants to do for each and every person out there that is run from God, gotten away from God, whatever. Like you said, it's only one step back. All we have to do is cry out to Jesus, and he will pick us up out of that mire clay and set our feet upon the rock, Mm -hmm. and he will establish our going. He will put a new song in our mouth. Mm -hmm. He will even give you songs to write, won't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. God is so cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's play that uh, song, Everlasting. This is uh, Helena, and she wrote this song right here. So here's, here's Helena on the guitar. For this wandering heart of mine You answered me, you heard my cry You wiped the tears from my eyes Your pursuit of me has given me new life Your love is everlasting it's wild for me, your arms are ever-reaching And you found me here, you came so I could know That I am your child No longer the orphan I was bound to be You called my name, you set me free You wiped the dust from my feet You opened up my eyes and now I see Your love is everlasting And it's wild for me Every tribe, every nation, every voice 
That is a great song. I love that song, and you had it recorded at Nashville. Mm-hmm. Where'd you have that recorded at? So this was recorded at Watershed Recording Studio in Nashville. Okay. So how did you come to record there? Well, I went to school in Nashville for a couple of years, and so we were connected with them for classes. And so when we decided that we wanted to record this song, we decided to reach out to them and and you know get it done there. Wow. Well, they've done a great job. It's a great song. Really appreciate that. Uh, how many songs have you written? I've written several. Um, this is the first one that's been completely finished. Okay. I <laughs> have a lot that are not finished yet. I understand, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so when did you start writing songs? I started writing when I was probably 12, 13. Yeah. I would go to open mic nights and and play the songs I had written. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, you want to share a little bit of your testimony, how how you got saved and, and what God has done in your life? Yeah, sure. Well, I was saved when I was nine years old, and um, it was around that time that we started getting plugged into the church, to the local church, and that was really when my love for music started coming out as well. I had always sung since I was a little girl, and I started getting involved with uh, the praise team at church and junior high and then high school and then just to develop that gift like, you know, as I went on and I ended up going to school for ministry. Um, yeah, the Lord definitely did a lot in my life through music. Music, you know, is, speaks to people and spoke yes. to me. And so um, and now, you know, with our ministry, being able to do what we love, you know, through music is, is pretty Pretty cool. Yeah, God is cool, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. All right. Well, I know there's a lot of people out there listening that are going to love your music, and they're going to want to get a, encourage you to finish that first CD, that first <laughs> album. You've got a lot of songs ready to to uh, record, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, so you just got to get in there and do what God has called you to do, and He's called you to minister in song Mm -hmm. and you got a great voice you and you write good so all we got to do is get you uh 
rolling on with Jesus. <laughs> Just like that bus keeps rolling on, that's a great time to write songs is when you're going down the road. Mm-hmm. But let TJ drive while you're writing. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to encourage you to keep writing and keep producing this stuff out because people need to hear stuff encouraging music like you have. And uh, I know God's given you a lot of songs to write, and he wants you to get them out there. For There's a, there's a lot of people out there who would love your music, and, and uh, I hope they're going to be calling you. Uh, you and TJ, as you're traveling down the road and inviting you to their church or their whatever they got going on, but like the Passion Play, that's really not a church, but they do have a church in the Grove. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place to, to go and be with other Christians. So, TJ, have you got a message that you want to share with our listeners out there on the road? I told you I was going to give you a chance to preach the gospel to all of our listeners out there. So have you got that message ready? I do. I Uh, do. Uh, So in John chapter 4, we read about the woman at the well. Right. uh, The woman of Samaria. and, And it says, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For we Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw water draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water, welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, is that you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. And the woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. 
Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am, am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, "Why? what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. This is a, a great story of how Jesus met this woman right where she was. And uh, there's more to this story that we could continue to read, but I'll just kind of talk through it a little bit. Um, but the first part there that's really interesting is how uh, the scripture says that Jesus had to go to Samaria, that he had to go there. And and so he knew that this woman would be there. He knew that she was there. And, and the interesting thing is, is that Jews and Samaritans, they would avoid each other and they would avoid that area altogether. And they would actually go out of their way to go around Samaria to go to another area. And so he went through there because he knew she would be there. And then the other interesting thing that's in this story is that she goes at noontime. She goes in the hottest part of the day. And and you have to wonder, and later, you know, I didn't read it all the way, but but later in the story you find out that this woman has had five husbands and the one she's with now is not even her husband. And so she has this reputation and it's not a good one. And Jesus goes out of his way to meet her there because he knows she'll be there. But then you say, well, why is she there at noon? Well, she's probably there at noon because no one else is. Because in those days, they would, uh, they would try to get water at the cool of the morning or the cool of the evening. They would never go at the hottest part of the day. And so here they are. Uh, at this well at noontime because she thinks nobody's going to be there. And Jesus knew she would be. And so Jesus went after her because he knew that she needed the living water. That this thirst that she had uh, with trying to fulfill it with all these men in her life, over and over again, he, he knew that she needed this living water because this thirst that she had was never quenched. She'd keep coming to the well again and again and again, and it always ended up dry because it wasn't the living water that Jesus can offer. And so Jesus meets her there. He tells her about this, and she's not quite sure, and she's like, you know, yeah, if you've got water where I don't have to come here and be around people that are, you know, I, I see them staring at me, I see, hear, hear them whispering about me, and if I don't have to come here anymore, Jesus says, you know, I'll give you the living water where you'll never thirst. And she's like, yeah, I'll do that. I, I'm all in, right? But she doesn't understand that he's talking about something so much deeper. And so as they go through this conversation, she realizes as he tells her, a little bit about herself that he knows more about her than than she realizes and she realizes that he's he's something that he's some kind of a prophet and so she tries to change the subject in the scripture she tries to kind of divert the conversation and she says well isn't aren't we supposed to worship over here and you guys are supposed to worship over here and and Jesus is like, well, there's coming a day where it won't matter where you worship, you know, and he's talking about how when he comes, 
and, and to deliver them and all that. And so then uh, she meets Jesus and realizes what this thirst and what this living water is all about. And she finally gets it. And she leaves her water jars behind. We didn't read all of that, but that's what happens in the scripture. She leaves her water jars behind to go tell everybody about what God had just done in her life and what Jesus had done in her life. And she had an encounter with Jesus that changed everything. Where, you know, she might get thirsty later physically, but the thirst that she was really seeking, the thirst that she was really after, she found in Jesus Christ. And the, the truth of the matter is, is that no matter what you're seeking, no matter where you're at, there's nothing that will satisfy that thirst like Jesus Christ. I just pray that you would make that decision today. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. We don't know if we have tomorrow. And Jesus can quench that thirst once and for all. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, that's some really good preaching there, TJ. And you guys together are bringing uh, the gospel story out there on the, on the road, bringing the church to the road. And Helena, you got one more song that we're going to play uh, before we close today's program. And then we're going to play this song right here. And then we're going to ask you, TJ, to lead our listeners in a sinner's prayer. Will you do that? Absolutely. All right. What's the name of this song here, Helena? This song is called His Ways Are Higher Than Mine. Well, they are too. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell, give us a little background on this song. Yeah. So we've uh, recently started singing this song. Um, we've, you know, one of the hardest things to pray is, Lord, your will be done and to put things into his hands. And so we find that, you know, people connect with this song as they, they hear about, you know, it's difficult to place things in the Lord's hands, but his ways are truly higher than ours. And Amen. so that's Amen. what the song is. Here's Helena Witherall. It's not what I prayed for, it's not what I wanted, it's not something I understand. My circumstances seem so confusing, placing it all in your hands. Your ways are higher than mine. I want mountains to move, you want me to climb, so I'm gonna trust your work, your plan, and your time. Your ways are higher than mine. One day I'm sure I will look back and marvel at how you knew best all along. You see from heaven, you know it's the hard times that make my faith steady and strong. Your ways are higher than mine. 
climb So I'm gonna trust your work, your will and your time Your ways are higher than mine Your ways are higher than mine I want mountains to move You want me to climb So I'm gonna trust your work, your will, and your time Your ways are higher than mine Your ways are higher than mine There's, there's listeners out there right now that just, they're just searching Mm-hmm. And they don't know what they're searching for. Just like the woman at the well that you talked about. Mm-hmm. There's many people out there right now that are like that. So talk to those people right now and tell them what they need to do. Yeah. So, um, you know, as I just shared about the woman at the well, uh, you know, she, the, the other thing to think about here is while everybody else didn't want anything to do with her, Jesus may, went out of his way to meet her. And he'll do the same for you as well. And he's, uh, he's coming after you. He's not, uh, he's not like, you know, turning his back on you or anything like that. In fact, he's running towards you, uh, that he wants to meet you right where you're at. I would, I would also want to say that, um, you know, it's not just about saying this prayer, but it's really meaning it in your heart. And, uh, and it has to be that because, you know, it's not just about, um, yeah, of course, I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. But it's not just about that. It's like I want to really know this Jesus, and I want to follow him, and I want to live my life for him, and I, I want to just walk with him in this, in this crazy world that we live in. We need Jesus. We need him to be with us. You know, the Bible says that he will never leave us or forsake us. And so it's not just about having heaven as your home, but it's also about just walking with him and knowing him and and learning how to follow him. And so I would pray that if you pray this prayer, that you would really mean it from your heart and, uh, you know, not just uh, repeat it after me and that's it, but really truly mean it. So I'm going to pray, and then if you want to pray with me, um, repeat this after me. And if you truly mean it in your heart, then the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, you, sh- you will be saved. So, Lord Jesus, I just admit that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I believe that you sent your Son Jesus to die on the cross for me, that three days later he rose again, and he's alive, and I can be alive as well in Christ. And today, I surrender my life to you, Lord. And I confess right now, and, and I pray right now, Lord, that I will dedicate my life to you and totally surrender to you. And that from this day forward, I will follow after you and seek what my next steps are. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
crossroads of life Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling Down that old lonesome road I shared the good news wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody what's happened to me How I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past But I called his name this chance could it be my last then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree and I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross broken hearted and lonesome so long I been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Hey drivers, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road Radio, and we want to hear from you. Give us a shout. Our phone number is 618-383-2107 or log on to lonesomeroad.org. 
And if you can't give us a call, then just blow your air horn as you're driving by. Tempo, keeping perfect rhythm with the song on the radio. 